0: Trump might be, maybe, open to getting in the debate. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Kev's here. Casey's out today. Brad Klopfenstein in for Casey. Hello, Rob. All right, so the big deal now is whether Trump is going to get into the Republican debate, which is next month. And I don't know where you're at on this. But I don't think I could vote for someone who won't stand in front of the nation and say, "I am for A, B, and C, and be challenged by their opponents. Now let me let me be very clear. That's so naive of you, Rob. If Trump is the Republican nominee, I would vote for a, an orange peel over uh, Biden. so right? But I'm saying in terms of a Republican primary, you're the former president, You're the last party's nominee for president. And you're telling, you're trying to tell the nation that you're not sure you actually want to be held accountable for your viewpoints. Uh, Call me naive. However, I, I, and this harkens back to your desire to go back to yesteryear. I believe that if you're going to run for office, it's your responsibility to stand up and tell the voters what you believe in and what you want to accomplish. And it is part of a broader conversation. Casey and I have this all the time on the show. Which is Trump can say and do things that if anybody else said or did them, they would be savaged, just beaten to a pulp by the liberty, freedom, Republican, conservative. I mean, just a whole host of people, right? And yet, because it's Trump, they go, it doesn't matter. And this is another one where it's like the guy is telling you, I don't want to stand up in front of people. I don't want to stand on a stage with my opponents. I don't want to be held accountable for my viewpoints. And a lot of people just go, no, it's fine. No, it's okay." Uh, It it blows my mind. So Trump was on with Newsmax yesterday, and he was talking about getting on the debate, which I believe Fox News is hosting the uh, the first debate. And he had some comments on that.
1: Don't, don't you want to jump 12. in there, though? I mean, it, it, it's you're so good at it; it's so fun to watch. I'd like watch. to do it, but it's great TV. I'd like to do it. I'd like
2: to do it, but you know, it's a uh, yeah. a little bit of a setup. You have guys that are yeah. at one, two, three. And let's say I'm 60 or 70 points higher than them, yeah. and it doesn't sort of seem. And I, I would say, you know, there's a little bit of hostility over at the network. You know, it's not perfect. Yeah. Uh, why isn't Newsmax getting a debate? It's an interesting question. Newsmax should get a debate. But I do say, yeah. why would I want a debate as opposed to doing something else that night? Why wouldn't I want? Why would I want a debate when you have people at zero and one percent? Asking me hostile questions, because I'm going to go to 71% instead of 70 uh, But, you know, I, I think it's a very hostile environment.
0: OK, if your goal is just to win, right, if your goal is just to win the Republican nomination for president, then strategically, I guess, if the Republican voting electorate is going to allow you to get away with not being held to any sort of account, for your beliefs or your policies or your decisions as president, then okay, that's an all right approach. But shouldn't we want, and more importantly, shouldn't Republican voters demand that you stand on a stage and answer questions about what you did as president of the United States? Yeah, they should expect that. I mean that that is that should be a minimal expectation. And I don't think that makes me some sort of never-Trumper or Trump-hater or, you know, biased against Trump. I simply want whoever is going to try to lead the country, whoever is going to lord over me for the next four years, to at least be able to defend and articulate their policy positions. It is amazing to me that he is getting away and he's not even lying about it. He's just going, "Well, I'm so far ahead. All I can do is hurt myself. Why would I risk myself being hurt?" And the reason he's allowed to say that and do it is because no one's holding him accountable. I would like to hear or hear him expand on his uh, position on Ukraine. <laughs> like to see him. Ex- I want to hear him answer the question about why he thinks his behavior during COVID is fine. Uh, that is the thing I'm most fascinated to hear about with Trump. Why he thinks printing five trillion dollars was good for the country why he thinks leaving Fauci in charge was good for the country, why he thinks bribing states to shut down was good for the country, why he thinks mandatory masking was good for the country. He owes that to every single American because he's the one who did the stuff. He does. He's got a track record now. And if he believed it, then he needs to defend it now. Or I also want to hear him say, which he would never admit that he he made a mistake, but I'd love to hear him say, you know what? In hindsight, that probably wasn't the best best move. I would not do that again. All right. So he was continuing this interview with Newsmax, and he talked about potentially being indicted over January sixth.
2: And why didn't they do it two years ago? Why didn't they do it like when it would would have been? You know timely, but there is no timely. They did it because it's election interference. They did it right in the middle of my campaign. I'm campaigning. I'm beating everybody by 40 and 50 and 60 points. And then I get indicted. I'm also beating Biden, interestingly, by a lot. And they indict. And that's called election interference. And it's called weaponization of the justice system. There's never been anything like this.
0: so as full of crap as he is on the debates, I 100% agree with him on this. They are doing this. They are weaponizing law enforcement, the Justice Department in this country in order to hurt him because he is clearly the frontrunner for the Republican nomination for president. And it's absolutely gross, regardless of what party affiliation you are, whether you like Trump, hate Trump, whatever, that they are getting away with trying to destroy a guy because he's the likely other party's nominee for president. I'm not sure that's entirely exactly why. Well, go ahead. The floor's half <laughs> yours, it's half your show. <laughs> go ahead. It clearly he has done some things that go contrary to the law. He has taken documents and taken them down to Mar-a-Lago that he knows he shouldn't have had. He knows that they he that he should have given them back when requested and instead he stonewalled them. He did nothing to uh, But January 6th. And if anything, he encouraged people to do that. Okay, let's talk about January 6th for a second because Ethan did this the other day and it didn't go well for him. And I love you, and you're one of my favorite people in the entire world. There's nothing Donald Trump did that is criminal on January 6th. There's nothing he did. He told no one to storm the Capitol. He told no one to engage in violence. There's video that's been seen a gajillion times of him telling people to go home. Look, if you want to say that he got people fired up about the election, about election issues, okay. but that is not a crime, right? If you want to say he didn't respond fast enough, okay. that's not a crime. We're talking about they're trying to put the guy in jail for stuff here. And you can't again. I'm not making this whataboutism, but you can't say it's fine for Joe Biden to have documents from the 1970s when he was a senator, and that's cool, and Trump has to go to jail for having documents from when he was president. Again, it's either criminal behavior or it's not. You have justice for one side and not justice for the other. You can't say Trump should go to jail for January 6th and Malik Muhammad. And the rest of the people here who were a part of destruction and calamity in downtown Indianapolis get a free pass, and it happened all over the country. They should have not have got it and gotten a free pass either. Oh. So. <laughs> My point is they did. It's it's rules for thee, but not for me. And that is, Brad, and you can appreciate this, that is what people are sick of. They're so sick okay, I of do, two I, Americas, yes. right? I do buy into that absolutely. All right, Brad Klopfenstein in for Casey. Kevin's here. When we come back, you remember Anthony Weiner? <laughs> when this showed up on the show notes, I'm like, man, that is a blast from the past. <laughs> Bla- blast in air quotes. Yeah, boy, that's a wrong word to use with that guy. <laughs> uh, Anthony Weiner. Of course, he was the he was a congressman. He was married to Hillary Clinton's quasi adopted daughter. Uh, he got derailed for having multiple indiscretions he then ran for mayor of new york and he probably is most prominently known as the guy who spawned the james comey to come out and speak about the hillary clinton emails and laptop issue because a bunch of her emails showed up on a on a computer that he had access to i mean it, the guy was just a total train wreck uh, he was on a podcast and somehow on this podcast, they got on to all the people who have died around the Clintons. And Anthony Weiner absolutely lost it. This audio is awesome. There's F-bombs. Kev, I hope you bleeped. It's coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC.
2: Sweetness, sweetness, I was on the that young man's name
0: is Kevin. That's his name.
1: Yeah, whatever whatever I am.
0: <laughs> Talk about just stealing your humanity. <laughs> whatever that guy's name is. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Kevins here. Brad Klopfenstein in for Casey today. All right, so we went to the break. We talked about Anthony Weiner, a name from the past. He was a former congressman from New York, had his uh, career derailed based on multiple sexual indiscretions, uh, ran for mayor of New York. That got derailed and then went out with a bang, so to speak, when it was determined that Hillary had emails in the email fiasco on a computer that Anthony Weiner had unchecked access to. And that's when James James Comey came out and told the world, we're still investigating. And that was the end of that. But he's still alive. He's, he's shockingly still alive He's still a thing I don't know if he's running a bed, bath and beyond I don't know what he's doing these days <laughs> Oh, that ended poorly for him but, then. But he, was on a, uh, he was on a podcast And the host attempted to talk to him I mean, look, everybody knows this There has been a staggering amount of people Who have ended up dead around the Clintons Yes that was investigated by Dan Burton, Congressman of from Indiana years ago. Dan Burton investigating anyone is humorous in and of itself, uh, but I mean there is like, and it was in there. It wasn't like now. Oh my gosh, they're old people. Of course, all their friends are dead. No, it was like in their prime, right in their forties. Yes, yes. People close to them, people loosely connected to them. Everybody knows that. And so this clip is a little longer than what we normally play, but it is just hilarious watching Anthony Weiner listening to Anthony Weiner. Come unglued. Now he's doing this because he was married to Huma Abedin, who was Hillary Clinton's right-hand woman, personal assistant, adopted daughter, quasi-adopted daughter. What, you know whatever you want to say. Like the, Bill Clinton was the the uh, officiant at their wedding. I think. I mean that's how close they were. So he has a long-standing tie and affinity to the Clintons, and he comes totally unglued when he gets asked about this. How is it?
3: that the reputation that follows them is people close to them die. Why I, is that a story that people, many people believe
0: in? Why is how, that? Are the
3: Clintons in their 70s yet? If I, you don't think I can make a list of other people who are 70 something years old and say this person, how come died, they that person haven't done died, that with Bush. person died, this person died. Hold on. How come they haven't done that with Bush? He's in the same, same I age. I have no freaking idea why they, have, they, they haven't done, done that with hold Trump. on a second, but so are you saying, so you agree with what how I'm saying? How come they haven't they, done that with Reagan? So how come they have none that would carry? What point are you making about these men and women how who are listed? How is it so many people close to them died How is it so many people, people close, close to everybody, them everybody co- dies? How is are it you so suggesting, many? Imp- okay, I'm asking the question. You're is what asking I'm doing. a bizarre question. Exactly, how, did, did people die? Off? Did people die? No, what pisses me off, and I'm going to say what? this again because you apparently are not listening to me. You had a list yeah. of people off an obscure website that that that, that of, of a conspiracy theory, taking a Venn diagram of everyone that ever worked in the orbit of someone who served in public life for 50 years, and you listed them, including people in the military, including strangers you could not p- pull out of, a, and you are implying let me, let that, that, that there's something you, to figure. Man. Let, me finish, let, me, let, me, let simpl- me finish my thought. Let me finish oh, my thought. Please do so, because i got another let me source coming in here for you. You're implying both yeah. with the question and with the website. The website says it explicitly. <laughs> You're implying you it. Website. Let me finish. Go ahead. You're Don't implying until, that something. Done. You Don't are pull implying, it up until he's done. Go for it. You are implying that something nefarious is afoot both with the question yeah. and with the list. Hillary Clinton, she's a big girl. I'm a big boy. You're a big boy. The people that you just listed, They're all- listen to me. No. Yeah. These are obscure people that you could you're not pull out of. a great politician, buddy. Wait a minute, hold on, let, let, Fantastic. Let, You know what you are? You are you are the yeah. classic bully. You list someone's name. You are. And the are you going to go back if and clarify? Anybody that's the are bully, you going to go you. clarify? You know what the are you your personality this list? is. You I already you know that. Ad hominem attack on me yeah. is going to somehow classic clear that bully. person's name. There isn't an anybody at this table that's a bigger bully I than you. I tell you. Oh yeah. You you just yeah. listed some stranger with with Very PFC Very good with deceptive PFC. way of pinning. Good for you you. You're reading some. You're reading a a conspiracy website. for you. Some people. People say. Yeah. Some people say. The Look at that your f- website I just sent to you.
0: <laughs> so good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a staggering amount of people who ended up dead around the Clintons, and they can't all just be a giant coincidence. And it's not all like, oh my gosh, these loosely connected people. They probably didn't even know their names. It was people super close to them. Jeffrey Epstein. He killed himself. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. And he's ridiculous, and it was great to uh, get Anthony Weiner back in the uh, the news again. Brad, I have a question for you. I may have an answer for you, Rob. Brad Kloppenstein filling in for Casey today. What would you do if someone handed you $6.05 billion? Smite my enemies? Yeah. <laughs> That is what has just happened to Daniel Snyder. He it was the owner of the Washington Commanders. He is no longer the owner of the Washington Commanders. He is, however, now someone with $6.05 billion. That is the largest sale of a professional sports franchise in the history of North America. I think he was only a 60% owner, so Whatever. over 60%. So he's $3.6 billion. Yeah, let's just, I, like I, like you said, w- let's just say that, is that what the number is, about 3.6? 3.6, 3.6 bi- 6 billion is probably his take. I'd run for mayor. <laughs> okay, so let's do a little math here. We assume this guy has great accounts. Let's say it was $3.6 billion. Let's say applicable, you know, he owed I'm sure he's got write-offs, whatever. Let's just say his ultimate take home was three billion. If he got any sort of account, he probably figured out a way to take home three billion dollars. Now he paid, I think, something like eight hundred million for the team in the late nineties. So it was a cool profit of like two point you know, eight million or a billion or whatever. But yeah, let's just capital say capital gains, he's going to have to pay it. Well, them. that's what I'm saying. So, you, you know, write offs, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's somebody, I guarantee he does not have like a local accountant just crunching numbers in the back of an office somewhere. He's got an army of people. So let's say he was able to take home $3 billion. What would, you, what is the first thing you would do with $3 billion after taxes? First, you get a layer. Yeah. Right, you gotta gotta have a lair. If yeah. I've learned anything from Doctor Evil, <laughs> <laughs> is there something you would that is uh, like you would say? Absolutely, I would do this with three billion dollars. See, I'd probably remodel our bathroom first. Yeah. Uh-huh. I do that for my wife. You've got a cool house. Would you get rid of your house? Because you do have a cool house. I you do have a an cool ar- house. I, I like our house. I would probably get a secondary house yeah. somewhere, somewhere other than Indianapolis. Indianapolis. So we would pro- probably. Let's maybe three houses moder- Modest But I need one in Wisconsin for the summertime mm-hmm. I need one in Phoenix for the wintertime yep. And I need one in New Jersey To be close to uh, my daughter-in-law and son-in-law Okay So, so that would be it uh, I think. I don't know. I mean there's other stuff. I certainly I would like to gift some of it. I sure I would like to have Carnegie Libraries all over that said Kloffenstein whatever it yeah. is, but Well, okay, so let's take away the fact I think I could live the rest of my life on actually one billion dollars. So we would take two billion in some super uh, safe thing. I think you and I'd be pretty comfortable on in the interest off of one billion dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's say I take two billion and it's some super safe investment and I have one billion to play with. Yeah. I'm a very simple man, Brad. You know this. I'm an Applebee's kind of guy. That's not really going to change, even if I'm super rich. However, the one thing I would do, and I've said this many times on this show, and I stand behind it, the one thing that I would definitively do, without debate, without discussion, is I would buy that building across the street from the government center and the state house, where L- Loft Lough- Millers is. Oh yeah. I just think there's a subway down there too. I I don't care what the price is. I would absolutely buy that building, and I would drape a giant sign. Out of it, maybe a sheet, you know, a bed sheet of some sort, like Kramer did when he asked for Kenny Rogers to come back, that says Holcomb and Todd Young suck. And so that way, every day, when uh, the thousands of people who drove into the city and into the state house and into the government center, that would be the prevailing thing that they would see is that Holcomb and Hogsett. Or Holcomb and Todd Young suck. There's a much cheaper way to get accomplish that. Oh, there's that billboard over on <laughs> um, what is that uh, Pennsylvania Street yes. there at North, on top of what used to be the Elbow Room uh, bar and restaurant that looks at downtown. You can get that billboard. I priced it one time. As How five, much? Five thousand a month is what it was like twenty years ago. It's probably. Double that now, but 10,000 so, a month. So 10 grand a month. So that'd be 120K a year. Yeah. Is that more prominent, though, than the building no, right the one next at the to say? The- you could also buy the ISTA building probably and accomplish the same goal. Uh, just so I could evict the people in the yeah. ISTA building, <laughs> yeah. that would be my pro- prominent reason for <laughs> yes, doing that. Lo- Rob Kendall Tower. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you what, if I had a billion to play with, uh, I would probably dedicate about 900 million of that to political spite. Because, I mean, you could easily live on $100 million, obviously. And I would probably dedicate $900 million of that to just taking out my political enemies and political spite. And, I, boy, if you think I'm kidding, you don't know me very well. You could be well. Indiana Secretary of State. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's take a break. When we come back, voicemails. Coming up next, Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC.
2: It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present... Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317
0: 559 PAIN. I'm so sorry 317-684-8444 317-684-8444 I'm Rob. Kevin's here. Brad Kloffenstein in for Casey Today. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. going to be a part of the program. This is what we do this time. Each uh, each day we play the best of the voicemails submitted at 317-684-8444. Just a reminder, I am the one who bets the voicemails. So if you want to get on this radio show, you should probably say something you think I, would be interested in, and one of the things I am definitely interested in, and many many other people are interested in, remains the Indy Mayor's race. Look, we say this: it is not boring. It is not boring at all. And I thought it was going to be a total snooze fest with those guys, but it remains, Brad, very interesting. I, I'm interested. Yes, and uh, Jefferson Shreve's. Obviously, proposal on guns is much of the point of conversation, and it remains that. And he has clearly taken, for better or for worse, a strategy of, I'm going to try to appeal to a certain block of people, and I am banking on the fact that no matter how much Republicans or conservatives huff and puff, they will ultimately not leave me when it comes time to press the the, uh, the ballot in November. I think that's a mistake. I think they're underestimating how angry a lot of people are that is a strategy though based on the fact that it is now he's putting it in tv ads yeah it's it's a strategy all right i I was watching uh i was we were out to dinner last night and there was a a television i don't have cable so i don't see a lot of these but they had a television on and there was the ad and and the the sound was off and and you know the big things, you know, the gun ban proposals, right? You know, there it is. The the permitless carry ban, the the you gotta be twenty one to buy a firearm, the uh, assault weapon ban. I mean it's right there at big big bold print. So he is you gotta give him credit. Like on some level you gotta give the guy credit, right? He is not backpedaling out of this. You do have to give him credit and there's a hog set attack ad that I sometimes have trouble figuring out whether it is pro Shreve <laughs> or anti Shreve. <laughs> so, well, look, people who listen to this station are really, really, really upset, and uh, here's uh, here's one of those one of those people.
2: Hi, Kendall Heisey. Love your show. Listen to it every day. My name is Mike. Just wanted to let you know that uh, I got a nice little uh, come come to war with this letter from Shreve in the mail, and I actually sent his campaign a check for fifty dollars. The day you guys broke the news about the uh, uh, gun ban that he's planning on doing, I immediately called my credit union and stopped payment on that check, because it hadn't cleared yet. Just thought you uh, might want to let uh, everybody know about that. Appreciate it.
0: Um, I think there's a lot of people out there like that. Maybe they do what that guy did. Probably not. A lot of people just don't give money to politicians. But you had touched on something earlier, and I think this is what he's missing, they're missing. And I'll be fascinated to talk with him about this on Wednesday. We give him full credit. He's coming in Wednesday. He's not running from it. He's going to answer the questions. When you flip-flop, because it is a flip-flop, based on his previous questionnaires that he's filled Correct. out, you know, it's not anything we're trying to be mean to him. It's We're taking his words and we're repeating them back to you. I mean, this is a huge about face based on where he was previously on guns. It makes it very hard, if not impossible, for people to believe in you. And when you are facing a 60-40 registration disadvantage, which he is as a Republican in Marion County, you need people to believe in you because you need people to go to bat for you and war to you and talk to their neighbors for you. That's how you're going to do that. And those people, a lot of people are not going to do that now because they don't believe in you. Even if they begrudgingly vote for you, they're not going to do the work for you. And you need people to, to do the work. Oh, uh, f- for sure. But you figure that anybody who's respected in their community could easily sway 10 votes yep. your direction. And you're right. You you might have their vote, but you might not get the 10 that they were going to sway your direction because you've lost them. You know, it's funny. There was a, a world in which, and you know this, I was uh, not going to go back into radio and was going to be miserable and stay in politics. And I was many years ago going to run for... State Senate was going to win easily. We had an army of people ready to go that were fired up about all the work we'd done on a, a local level. And I told those people we probably had a year and a half ahead of time, 200 people who were ready to go. And we were super well organized. And then I just woke up one day and said, I don't want to do this anymore. And if I'm not going to put 100% effort into it, I'm not going to waste these people's time. And I'm going to die if I don't get out of this because I was miserable because you fight every day and you just fight till you're just miserable beyond belief. And but one of the things I did the math on was so few people actually vote these days. And I, I said, we have 200 people at this time. If each one of you can get 10 people and then you can be responsible for each one of those people getting 10 people, we're done. We're already there. Yes. It's so absolutely easy to win, especially local races, if you have a group of people who are passionate to do the work to knock on the doors And put the signs out And do this stuff It's not running statewide It's not running for governor I'm not talking about that I'm not talking about U.S. Senate I'm talking about local races If you have super passionate people Town council, city council State house, state senate It's not that hard It's just a math game And he is choking off His ability to win on a math game He is And I don't think that they Fully grasp what that would do to his diehards, who are going to be the ones that were going to go out and talk to the people in their neighborhoods? So, yeah. I mean, they've got to win those people back now. At least, in my opinion, that, that from where I sit and why I, I see it, and obviously, I'm more of a libertarian independent. I'm just looking at that, and I'm like, ooh. You alienated your base. You needed to keep those people as your biggest cheerleaders and then figure out some other way to go after those the, the people that are center-left that you need to bring over your direction. Yeah, but you, in a, in a weird way, you matter a lot more than I do in this conversation. First of all, you're a Marion County voter. You Correct. live in Lawrence, but you guys get to vote for mayor, so you have a vote. But you also matter more, and in, in again, in kind of a weird way than Hammer does, because Hammer's ideologically... Set, you know, he's prone to hate Hog Set. You know, we love Hammer. He's great. We know where he is, right? You, though, as a libertarian, you have no libertarian to vote for. So you got to vote, or maybe you don't now, but I mean, you would think if you want to pick the next mayor, you've got two choices here. And you are the person who's not kind of ideologically driven one way or another. And he you I mean, he should have never stream should have never done anything to lose someone like Jason Hammer. That's I just can't believe those words keep coming out of my mouth. That the Republican mayor candidate for Indianapolis has lost Jason Hammer and a big portion of the W.I.B.C. audience. He should have been focused on winning people like you. And now he's in this weird soup where he may have lost you. And he lost the, the Jason Hammers of the world. Well, it, and what he needs to realize is it's not just Jefferson Shreve on the ballot. There's mayor's races in Lawrence and Southport. Speedway has town council race. There's all these other little town councils around. You've got the Indianapolis City County Council, and they need your coattails. Yeah. So if you're Jefferson Shreve, you're not just running your own race. You've got all these other people down that are on the ballot with you that you're dragging along, and they need his help as much as anybody. Yeah, I got another call about, uh, about Shreve.
2: Rob, Jefferson Creeve personal blunder, in my mind, can only be compared to George H.W. Bush in the late 80s, right after Reagan. When Bush was running, he said, read my lips, no new taxes. And when he got in office, he said once in a while, read my lips, no new taxes. When he was running for the second term, He did the same thing, read my lips, no new taxes. And then all at once, he admitted indirectly that he had lied because he raised taxes. And, of course, no one believed him from then on, and that's why he lost.
0: So yesterday, maybe it was yesterday. Yeah, it was either yesterday. All the days run together now. But we were having a conversation about where this Shreve blunder Uh, ranks in terms of great, you know, just unbelievable things that have happened in Indiana political candidate history, we said overwhelmingly, Richard Murdoch has to be number one. Right. And Richard Murdoch's happened so close to the election. Yeah, At least this happened in July, early July, mid-July. So there's plenty of time. Most people aren't even tuned into this race yet. So there's plenty of time to recover. They might not, and he might come on on Wednesday and he might say, no, this was not a blunder. This was exactly what we intended. Well, look, and I think the reason he chose our show and chose us is we're going to give him a fair. We're going to give him a fair shot. I've said right. this. I will not move off of it. I the city needs him to win because he's 80 percent better than Hogsett. Now, he's made it very hard for himself to win. So I'm not dunzo with him like other people are. I also don't have a vote in this. I'm coming at it from a, I got to drive here and work here. And I'd like to occasionally be able to like walk down the street and go to lunch without fear of being mugged or shot. But he's got to have an answer to this because it's indefensible, right? I'm am, I am just totally, I'm totally stuck on this, Brad, because I need him to win because we cannot, the city cannot take four more years of hog set. And he is making it impossible for me to help promote him to be able to win because this thing is so stupid and egregious. So I am totally I'm not, you know, out like some people are. I'm just stuck because I can't help you while you've got this ridiculous virtue signaling going on. But I don't know how you backpedal out of it now because it's in TV ads. Right. Well, and again, you are somebody who are who's in a position to be a big cheerleader. Obviously, you've got the microphone. You've got 50,000 watts. You can, you do influence people. I mean, we, I've run the numbers and, and I've pointed out, I think that Rob influenced these numbers a little bit. So, but you're right. Indianapolis, not only Indianapolis, but central Indiana and all of Indiana needs a strong, thriving Indianapolis. Yes. And it's not currently happening with the current administration. So, we need Jefferson Shreve to be a strong advocate for central Indiana. And, But we also he also needs to get elected. All right, uh, we did get a call about the governor's race. That's getting pretty wild and wacky. This Brad Chambers guy, who's Holcomb's uh, was Holcomb's goon over there at the IEDC. Um, I guess the guy who was. You'd say he was in charge of helping strong-arm farmers out of their uh, farmland to give sweetheart deals to Holcomb's corporate buddies. Looks like he's considering running for governor, and now that would mean six people are in on the Republican side, if indeed he does get in. And uh, we got a phone call about that. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on the gubernatorial race. You talked about uh, Eric Holcomb, who, of course, is just a giant. He's just been
1: disastrous. Everybody knows that. Uh, Big-time spender, taxer. Lockdowner or called us human petri dishes if we wanted our businesses open uh i think it's interesting that he is giving silent suzanne as you call her you call her silent suzanne i
0: think it's interesting that he's giving her the giant middle finger and not endorsing her back i mean it kind of seems odd because she was his biggest cheerleader for the shutdown she didn't stand up for conservatism like she claims she does but what really surprises me is I'm surprised Eric Holcomb is not um, endorsing his other best friend, Jenny McCormick. In fact, speaking of her, where's she been? She's not campaigning anywhere. Um,. It is fascinating. I, again, I just, I totally want this Brad Chambers guy to get in. I totally want Holcomb and Hupp for Incorporated to put their full weight behind him because Suzanne Crouch, if anyone deserves a giant middle finger stuck right in their face, it is Suzanne Crouch for cheerleading and standing behind Holcomb as this guy gutted this state the past seven years. Tax increases, business shutdowns, mask mandates, Malik Muhammad meet and greets, you know the list. And I just. I love when people get their comeuppance in politics, Brad, and this would be just perfect for me. Well, she was certainly a loyal soldier and, yeah, a loyalist to the administration. I'm a little surprised that if this is the way this sorts out, that they're going to do that to her. Well, and the, I think the number one reason I'm fired up, well, I think that is the number one reason. You know, usually it's spite for me, Brad. Uh, but also, if he gets in, that puts six people in the race, which means there is a real world in which 20 percent could win you the Republican primary for governor of the state of Indiana. And I am totally convinced Curtis Hill could find a way to get himself to 20%, and nothing would, and I don't even agree with Curtis Hill on a whole bunch of stuff. But if Holcomb hates you, I'm for you. And I can't wait to see the look on Holcomb Hupfer Incorporated's face if Curtis Hill's the Republican nominee for governor. <laughs> look, the, that, that's a man that managed to resurrect something out of, out of a disaster of a career. Every one of these people that's running for governor is gonna screw me or let me down somehow, so I might as well get entertainment out of it. And that's where I am when it comes to voting and supporting someone running for governor. All right, uh, let's take a break. Hammer joins. Us next, Kendall and Casey Show, ninety three WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show, ninety three WIBC. I'm Rob. Kev's here. Brad and Stein. Hello, For Rob. Casey. Looking just wonderful in that jacket It's got flamingos on it, it's got blue, it's got pink By the way, you can watch everything we do on the uh, Kendall and Casey Show YouTube feed You can see Brad's beautiful face and his even better looking jacket um, <clears throat> Kev, what are you doing tonight? What what is, You're doing something that is just beyond beyond description What are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm going to the Vogue tonight yeah. And I'm seeing a concert uh-huh. it's who, a, uh, who are you seeing? it's a turkish psychedelic rock band called yeah, wait, No, no,
0: no, do no, time out you're you're saying they're a who
1: they're they're a turkish psychedelic rock band uh-huh. actually they're kind of like a synth rock band what is
0: that what is a turkish psychedelic rock band they're like turkish ha- turkey yeah well, its,
1: they're from turkey so they're actually from uh the netherlands but they're of turkish origins oh and they basically play a bunch of like Hit psychedelic uh-huh. rock songs that yeah. were big in like Turkey in the seventies. The, the violent Constantinoples? <laughs> what? Yeah, something like they that. They were big
0: in the turkey Turkey yeah. in the seventies. <laughs> what the yeah. hell? That?
1: Psychedelic but, Turkish but, classic rock band. I'm telling you, come on, Rob. You got to give it a chance, man, because it's uh it's awesome. What what is their name? Alton Goon. Uh, Alton it's, it's like it's like gun with a umlaut. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, do I even want to know where you found these guys? These sound like the sort of people you'd see on the dark web somewhere. Like you did a deep dive and you came across, what is it, Alton? Alton Goon. Alton Goon. I think
1: they did like a KEXP live session oh, that I found on YouTube. Uh-huh. Those are pretty uh, big. On and
0: they would like tour the country. They go to various cities and say, hey, we're a Turkish yeah, that- psychedelic rock band. Oh, they go all over the world. No kidding. So it's at the Vogue. What sort of that, so that means, what, probably two, 300 people are probably going to go in to see these yeah. guys. Until we started talking about it, they were anticipating tens of people <laughs> showing up for this show tonight. <laughs> so it, it got me thinking it has been uh, probably two years since I've been in Broad Ripple uh, in the evening of any sort. And so, I, you know, I, we have obviously seen the just decay and decline of Broad Ripple. The violence is completely out of control there. It's, it's you know, it's like Meet the New Boss, same as the old boss. It's once again back to being a violent hotspot. Are you nervous at all about going to Broad Ripple to see the turkey psychedelic punk rock band this evening? Because it will be after dark.
1: Well, here's the thing. I think I will be fine but I'm not going out to the bars. You know, I'm steering steering clear of that because I don't want to risk it. So I'm just going to the show and I'm going to roll up solo.
0: That's great. And see, this is what I love. He's going in solo. And I told Kev. That's
1: smart. That is
0: very smart for a young single man going to Broadway. I told Kev the number one thing you could do. Now, if you were going to the bars, like if you're going to a Kilroy's or a Brothers, that is a a big mistake because you don't want to be a weirdo sitting at a bar by yourself. But if you are going to a concert where there are, there are, people by the tens or maybe <laughs> 20s now that we're mentioning them that is a great maneuver because you don't want to be hamstrung by some guy you go out with because then if you meet, you know, a lady who, you know, catches your eye or interest and you want to skedoodle on out of there and go somewhere else, you got total freedom to be it, able to it, do that. It just yeah. o- it just occurred to me the flaw in this entire plan is Yes, he's going to go single. Yes, he has the ability to go home with somebody that he might meet there. Yeah. But by definition, she's going to be a Turkish psychedelic rock fan. Well, which s- is
1: awesome. No, so I was,
0: <laughs> so what, I was wondering, and I, I, I posed this question to you what sort of woman goes to a Turkic, Turkish psychedelic punk rock band? Concert, like what sort of clientele well, are we potentially dealing with here?
1: So it's not really punk rock. So there's going to be probably more women, I think, than would be at a punk rock show. Um, I think it would probably be, you know, of course, some, some Turkish women and then maybe some hipster ish kind yeah. of.
0: Wow, clientele. what a what a what a crowd there. What a crowd. Be, be like, sure to unbutton your shirt all the way down to your belly button.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna be honest though, I really have I have no idea what the crowd will really be like.
0: And I love that you're just willing to roll in there solo. Like that, just mad respect for you for that. Because I used to do that all the time. And let me tell you, your pathway to success with women of the with the with the members of the opposite sex, you have increased your chances dramatically if you walk in there with some confidence going by yourself because you have opened the lay of the land yeah. up by not being hamstrung with some sort of wingman or sidekick.
1: Yeah, and it's not the first time I've done this, and I I can attest to that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it does work. Brad,
0: it got me thinking. You spent many, many a year in Broad Ripple. I sold beer in Broad Ripple for two and a half years. And you went to the Vogue many, many times. Well, I did. Uh, yeah. Do you have a favorite Vogue memory that you can actually share with the audience uh, that's suitable for radio? There is nothing specifically that stands out. I know that I've seen Big Head Todd and the Monsters there, probably... <laughs> four times, (laughs) if not more. Uh, Cheap Trick I've seen there a couple times. Um, I remember they do like Retro Rewind, which was their 80s night, and that was always a big night. My favorite thing about the Vogue used to be, and this uh, by the way, I sent Kev a retro photo of me at the Vogue with my posse, uh, circa 2008, Kev was quite impressed. Yeah,
1: Let's... 2000s Rob with the uh, the spiked hair and the puka shell necklace and the undershirt. Oh, yeah. Very fashionable. Um, my, my
0: favorite thing used to be going to the Vogue was when there was not a band, when it was just like, hey, everybody's going to go party and be maniacs. Yep. They have a DJ yes. and, and people dancing up on well, the Well, this the is my point. I don't know if they still do this or not. They used to have the cage dancers. Yes. And it was these somewhat well assembled women in their early twenties who their job was to dance in a cage hung above the stage. And we always used to chuckle. Like how does Thanksgiving conversation go for that girl? Like you're at grandma's house and you're having conversation and grandma and grandpa go, Hey Jenny, how's 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 work going? And you say, Hey, it's going fine, Grandma. Now what do you do again? Well, I get in a cage on Friday and Saturday nights with glow sticks and I paint my body and I twerk and move in a sexualized fashion for hundreds of people on the floor at the Vogue. Like, How does that conversation go for the person who's making their living as the cage dancer? My guess is that this is a part-time job and they talk up whatever their other job <laughs> is yeah, and, I don't think and downplay the, what they do at the Vogue. <laughs> I, uh, I had to tap out of the Vogue because I've said this many times, uh, all All of my friends were girls, and I did this strategically because if you roll into a place with three or four good-looking women, even if you're a total zero, women are going to wonder why these other women want to be friends with you. Yeah. The problem that came with that was then I was expected to be, by default, some sort of protector for these women who would engage in twerking, dancing, whatever it's called, on the floor at the Vogue, which would naturally attract every single available man in the building, and somehow it became my responsibility. Rob, you gotta stand in front of us. Rob, you gotta protect us. I'm not taking a knife in the back. I don't have any OU anything. So I just had to I had to cut that out, and I had to just resign from going to the Vogue because it became too much pressure. <laughs> well, sounds like you should have just taken the Kevin route, gone by yourself, and let the chips fall where they may. Way easier. Oh, yeah. Well, Kev, good luck tonight in your Turkish uh, psychedelic punk rock band. If you're going to see is it Alton Goon?
1: Yeah. And you know what? I'll play some of their music. Yeah, great. Thank you. Our audience will love that. If
0: you see Kev tonight at the Alton Goon concert be sure to come up and say hello. Buy him a shot or two. It's Kev Casey Show 93 WIBC.